You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the comics edition, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. And here's your host, Vince. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Bow Down to Us, the comics edition, issue number eight. It is Wednesday, September 22nd, and we are bringing you a fantastic show today. And by we, of course, I mean myself and my sidekick, Roger. What's up there, buddy? Oh, not too much. Not too much. Actually, I'm looking forward to this episode quite a bit because it's kind of ironic because we, not to spoil the big, oh, we're talking about Wolverine, but... um, it, it wasn't that long ago that we were saying there's just too many goddamn Wolverine <laughs> series right now. And here we are. We're going to talk about the family of Wolverine. So it's I, I find it ironic. Yeah, that's right. We, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about Wolverine and it sucked. And last week we talked about Spider-Man and that sucked. So this week we have to make it up to you guys by putting out something awesome. And I promise you we're going to get to that. But first, <laughs> we have to at least mention something else that sucked. And I'm going to let you run with this, Roger, because I knew what I was getting into ahead of time. And I didn't even bother reading this thing. So why don't you tell us oh. about the new launch of Dokken? What? Hold on a second. What? So I am forced to read the crappy comic I, books I for the podcasts. And okay, well, I, I have enough dedication to the podcast that I read the good and the bad. But you did not even read this because you knew it was bad. Yeah, I'm that, that's fairly that's the disgusted. That's the perk of being the host. You're the sidekick. <laughs> you read the crappy comics. Disgusted. Okay, yes. I was really let down by this now that being said just so that everybody is uh, knows where i'm coming from i never read any of the other is it dakin or dakin or i say dakin dakin let's go with dakin then um i'd never read any of the previous stories with him uh i was around when wolverine started and was getting fairly fairly popular and then there was that period where i wasn't reading comic books and so coming back now i've been picking up on a lot of different wolverine things that i've been reading some of them quite bad some of them quite good um there's a couple of miniseries that i've read just recently as well with him that have actually been quite good you can look to uh com for some features on those miniseries i'm going to be getting those up pretty soon now that i'm feeling all right again i'm going to be getting back to writing like crazy that said i'd never followed this story of dokken so when i first heard about it i thought fantastic in the same way that i feel about x23 with that different background that different um character dynamic but with the same kind of well the powers and the same kind of perhaps attitude um i thought that it would be interesting the thing is, is that this character is really nothing like Wolverine. He is also like X-23 is nothing like him either in many regards, but she still has enough of that feral instincts. But for her, it's a different is because it was it was pounded into her literally. Um, but then there's also some of it that is genetic as well. Whereas this guy is... <laughs> he's full of himself he is 
one of his powers is the ability to um, use pheromones to his advantage to make people do what they want and to like him, which, I mean, like, that just was ridiculous. This whole mentality of taking himself so seriously and the supermodel runway thing, it just got on my nerves. Like, the again, when you're dealing with these characters, you have to let go of your disbelief kind of thing for a while in order to have fun with it. And you have to be able to relate to the characters in order to like them as the heroes. And despite all of the, I mean, the, the assassinations and everything with X 23, again, if you're suspending disbelief, then I can think, yeah, this is actually someone I would like to get to know and talk to. And I can appreciate the character. The Dokken character is just an annoying, freaking, stupid, full of himself twip. It's, it's, I really don't like the character at all, at all. And the story was, I didn't like the story either. Now, granted, they spent far too much time at the beginning with him in this models and the getting his way because of the pheromones thing and like literally pages and pages of this before there's any action at all except for the little brief two pager at the beginning two three three pages at the beginning there with wolverine and that just doesn't make sense unless you've read prior stuff kind of stuff um but the story is slow, boring, and filled with people that I don't care about or that I can't be made to care about. Um, and then makes you feel any better. He probably doesn't care about them either. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, you see that right (laughs) away. I, I really just didn't like it. And then there's a little bit of action, literally a couple of pages of action where he is being attacked and fends them off. No problem whatsoever, of course. Um, and then again, it's a lot more just, talking with a couple of other characters it's it's a very slow story taking into consideration that this is supposed to be well i shouldn't say it's supposed to be maybe this is how they intended it um but when you're looking at that family of characters you're kind of expecting some action you're expecting a lot of of like feral action and whatnot. I mean, you don't even see him in his costume until the last two pages. Um, The last page just being one big shot of him. Really. There's that, that it's nothing. So in my opinion, they didn't set this up. Well, now I know that you had known the character from the, um, the Avenger series that he was in and you liked him in that because of the interactions he had with Bullseye. And I'm going to, I'll see if I can find those and, and, and read through them. But based on this here, this issue was, it was just bad. Honestly, there's no other way to say it. It was bad. It was not fun to read. It was, the story was in my opinion, just shallow and you can't care about the characters. And if you can't care about the characters, what's the point of reading an issue? Yeah, I mean, Dokken is a character that started off with some great potential. He's Wolverine's long lost son. You know, if if you're if you're a child of Wolverines, you're you know raised to be a, a killer. And you know, when they, he revealed himself to Wolverine, all he wanted to do was prove that he was better than the old man. And well, nobody's better than the old man. And it, that his character development pretty much just stopped right there. 
for you know two years he he's been the same character he was after his first confrontation with Wolverine just you know power hungry cocky but not likable and even a villain has to be likable on some terms which is what Dokken was originally before they decided to give him his own series and as that villain role in Dark Avengers, he was kind of likable because he had the whole team dynamic and it wasn't just him. If he was being, you know, the way he bounced off the other characters was fine. But, you know, him treating some runway model or whatever the same way he was treating Moonstone, a supervillain, that, that that doesn't quite work. And it's just a stupid character. And I don't want to spend any more time talking about him. I'm good with that. All right. Well, Dokken came out a couple weeks ago, but last week we saw the launch of the third of the Wolverine family series in X-23 number one. And X-23 is a clone of Wolverine who has been bred to kill. And again, if you're a child of Wolverine, you're a killer and has been trying, trying, trying to regain some bit of humanity with Wolverine helping her out over the years. Now, she has stepped back a bit by joining the X-Force and essentially becoming an assassin for the X-Men and completely unleashing her feral side. And in this issue, we see her trying to reconnect with her old friends from the new X-Men series a couple years ago, a cool cast of characters. And we see her awkward interactions with her kind of maybe boyfriend who no longer has any hands. And you know, she talks with Storm. You know, there, there were some really nice character interactions here. We also saw a little bit of action at the beginning with her dream sequence. You know, she's having nightmares of her past haunting her and the things she's done. And she's just a broken down character right now. And I, going forward, I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see how she rebuilds herself. I... I was actually disappointed with this, but being that I really love the character, I'm willing to keep at it anyways to see whether or not it's going to become something that I can enjoy. Um, I absolutely adored the first two miniseries that she was in. I didn't read some of the other stuff she's been in since then, but I'm on the lookout for them. And once I find them, I'll be picking those up uh, because, again, I, I love the character a lot. That being said, I wasn't crazy about this one. I, I, the fact is, is that she's, and, and it's said at different points, she's never going to be a kid again. That's gone. That's, that ship has sailed. So basically at this point, they should be instead concentrating on accept who you are and move on from there. Don't try to regain your childhood. You're not going to get that. I mean, you can't assassinate a presidential candidate and then, you know, start playing with dolls the following week because you want to relive your childhood. It's not going to work. And the interactions that she has with the younger team members reminded me very, very much of those same type of interactions that were in the New Mutants, which we discussed recently, which I don't like. I can't relate to that anymore. I, I mean, I can relate in terms of remembering what it was like back then, but... I've kind of moved on past that point. And so reading about it is just not fun for me. I, it's just, it's melodrama for the most part. And I mean, we got pages of melodrama here between her and the team. Not drama, melodramatic teenage crap. I won't have to honk that out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so really I was not enjoying that at all, at all. I loved the interactions between her and Aurora when oh, they that was are great. playing yeah. chess because now what that did is 
it it didn't give you nearly as much character development for X-23. However, you got to see her kind of allowing herself to be a little closer to someone, and it would have progressed longer were it not for Wolverine suddenly showing up and, and, and spooking her. But the character development of Aurora to be able to share everything that she can understand based on her uh, childhood being similar in some regards as X-23s. I thought that was phenomenal. That was brilliantly written. So I really love that a lot. But then sadly, that's bookended both at the beginning and at the end with this drama from kids. And I just couldn't get behind it. Well... Yeah, you're familiar with X-23 from her solo work, whereas I actually haven't read any of her solo miniseries and whatnot. I know her from her team books with the new X-Men and X-Force. So for me, knowing that side of her story, this was a nice way to ease her into this her new place because, you know, she she tried and failed to be the normal kid once already. And what, what I took out of this is, you know, we see that she's not even going to try to be the normal kid anymore. You know, she's being forced like Cyclops is telling her to go try, but she, even she knows that she's not going to go back to that. You know, she goes through the motions and just doesn't want to be part of that anymore. And, but you know, honestly for me, anytime you can get the new X-Men anywhere in a book, I'm happy about it because there, there are some cool characters that don't have a home right now. Uh, hopefully, you know, that's just a kind of a cameo appearance and future issues are going to focus more on X-23. But it, it was nice to at least touch on that part of her past before she moves forward. And I'm hoping that's what it's going to be. Literally that move forward and not that it's going to become a regular thing throughout the issues wherein you get, again, this melodrama. I Because if so, sadly, it will become a series that I stop reading. Well, we have to hope for the best because out of the entire Wolverine family of books, it would be nice if there's at least one that we would like to read. Yeah, yeah. But enough about current Wolverine. What we're going to oh, talk about oh, for the... No, we're not done oh, yet. We're not done yet? Can what we talk about the art just a little bit? Oh, by, uh, be my guest. I, I don't want to talk about the Dokken one because, again, it doesn't really matter. Um, I was actually, I don't know about you, but I was kind of disappointed with the art in this one. Um, I absolutely adored the art, especially in the first miniseries and as well the second one, but especially that first one. Um, whereas this one here, I I don't know if you liked it. It's not that it was inherently bad, but I really wasn't crazy about it. And the facial expressions, um, most of the shots of the faces just don't work. They, the, it's, it, it, the face doesn't you know, look right. It looks like it's it's made of glass. There's there's very little emotion, and it's I don't know. I'm I'm not crazy about the drawing style. I'm certainly not crazy about the the colors either. Nothing really shoots off of the pages, which is a little disappointing. Yeah, you kind of get a lot of the pouty lips going on, and it it it's one of those things where the art didn't you know jump out at me as hey good, but it was passable enough that I didn't you know look at it and go, wow, that's terrible. Like I did with the Wolverine one. Like it was like, oh wow, what is going on there? It didn't instantly jump out at me as being bad. It's passable. I'll say. Yeah. Because that was one of the joys of, um, the two miniseries. I mean, I love the stories. I love the characters. I love the character development was insanely cool. And then you had this vibrant, brilliant art that just made you appreciate it all the more. 
Well, if you uh, go back to that uh, feature I wrote a while back about the difference between a mini series and an ongoing series, the mini series gives you a lot more of that freedom to just go nuts. You know, hey, we have four issues to work with. Let's just do the absolute most amazing stuff we can in these four issues. Whereas with an uh, a pl- series that's planned to be an ongoing like this X-23, you, you kind of have to pace yourself a little more, at least as far as the story is concerned. You know, the art should never suffer for that. Yeah, but then if you if you actually take a look at some of the images from again the first and the, especially the first and the second, it goes back to what we've said before, wherein you can have a simplistic style, um, but the style is captivating. The style is fantastic, and it's actually faster to draw. I mean, this issue here, there's a lot of detail, but there's very little style. I found, and that's what I had a problem with. And that's pretty much all I wanted to say, though. Okay. So now we're going to move away from the current Wolverine. Now the awesome. And we're going to travel back in time a couple years to 2008, which was when Wolverine issue 66 came out. Uh, Technically, Wolverine volume three issue 66, but I don't like to get into the whole parentheticals. Anyway, Wolverine issues 66 through 67, as well as a giant size Wolverine special told the story of Old Man Logan. Old Man Logan fast forwards to 50 years in the future where the supervillains have won. Magneto, Doctor Doom, uh, Norman Osborn, uh, Red Skull, a lot of the big mastermind type characters. And the Hulk. Uh, He's not a mastermind. (laughs) No, but he's got his own freaking area of the map. But we're, we're getting to that. The mastermind characters came up with this plan to finally eliminate the superheroes. They realized that the villains outnumber the heroes about 20 to 1. If they all just go in one giant offensive, there's pretty much no chance that the heroes have. So they took every single supervillain imaginable and just steamrolled across America, wiping out the superheroes one by one. And that's where we get to the 50 years later, where one of the few left around is, of course, Wolverine. Or at least as he says, Wolverine's dead. He's just Logan. He's living on his farm with his new family. He's got a wife. He's got a couple kids. And unfortunately, he's got a rent that he can't pay. He is a tenant of the Hulk gang. Uh, Bruce Banner has taken over the entire Southwest U.S. And he has uh, decided to come up with this little clan of his. As he said, the only woman on Earth able to keep pace with the Hulk was his cousin, the She-Hulk. So apparently their kids didn't turn out to be all too bright. So you get a whole trailer park filled with redneck Hulks. Coming in the old Fantasticar to collect Wolverine's rent, and he don't have it. They they can play a mean banjo, though. (laughs) There is that. i got to ask you a question before you keep going now. I'm curious if at any point in any of the series that there was a hint of the Hulk being evil, being this bad character that would do this. Um... Because I haven't read enough of them to know. Hulk has always been more, you know, force of nature-ish, not really good, not really evil. But, you know, look at it this way. The the villains, uh, we'll go with Red Skull as their leader, have finally given Hulk a way to be left alone and just to live his life. So 
let's say he went along with that plan just in order to live out his life in peace without having to be hunted down by the army. See, I don't buy that, especially based on the stuff that you see at the end. I, I don't know how much you're going to want to spoil here, um, but especially when you see him at the end and the way that he's talking and the different things, um, it just feels very much like a different character, um, not the one that's been established. Now, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I think it was awesome. I think it was so well written and so cool, um, but I, I, it, the, the character didn't fit because, again, it was, Banner has always been good um the anything bad that the hulk has done has just been by virtue of the fact that he he's brainless and and did something and the it's the after effects but not the actual he he sought out to do bad so this was seemed out of character well uh that's something you kind of have to go along with with a mark millar story (laughs) he comes up with these really great ideas but you know sometimes the puzzle pieces don't quite fit together you just smash it down with a hammer and move along because it's pretty good along the way oh yeah and just just to touch on that really quickly um after this came out you know completely unrelated to this particular event you know they've kind of touched on the fact that actually it's banner that's the bad guy and you know hulk is the one that's but anyway, we're not going to get into that right now. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much because I really want to encourage our readers to check this one out. If it is by far one of the best comics to come out in the last several years, we see that in order for Logan to earn his rent, he decides to go on a cross country trip in the spider buggy, no less <laughs> with his old friend Hawkeye, not just Hawkeye, blind Hawkeye. Blind Hawkeye driving the buggy. (laughs) And it's just an absolute blast seeing these two characters gallivanting their way across the country. They come into contact with, you know, moloids, uh, you know, creatures from under the earth. They they get in touch with uh, Hawkeye's grand or Hawkeye's daughter, who actually turns out to be Spider-Man's granddaughter. Lots of fun stuff there. And it's hilarious because Hawkeye is blind. But he's still a great marksman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that scene where he just starts plunking arrows into dudes going, that's right. Just keep talking. He's just echoing in on them with his hearing. So much fun. And we see a lot of the devastation that, you know, the country has suffered during the battle and afterwards. We see a town called Hammer Falls, which has beca- basically become a shrine to the former superheroes with all the townspeople worshipping Thor's hammer right where it fell. And that was just a cool little oh, touch from his. That was awesome. Yeah, it, and that shows you that, man, they took out freaking Thor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, this yeah. was not just nothing. <laughs> we're going to talk about it a little bit more later. The the edition that we were, we actually read this on just recently, um, which is the one that more of a cinematic experience. But when it got to that part, and like I was watching this on full screen on my uh, my 27-inch iMac. So I had, I was actually using my remote. And so I'm going through with my remote. And when I got to that part, it's literally a pause and, and gasp a little. Yeah, it, it, it was very, very well done. Lots of great scenes just throughout the issue where they just show time and time again the devastation that these supervillains have wrought in their conquest of not just America, but eventually the world. So as Wolverine and, well, I'm sorry, as Logan and Hawkeye are making their way across the country, they get into all these fights and Logan just sits there. He takes beatings. He never fights back. 
And Hawkeye keeps asking, why aren't you fighting back? That's not the Logan I knew. And Logan's response is, I'm not the person you knew. The person you knew is dead, bub. He is just a pure pacifist. And I'm definitely not going to spoil this part because it was so, so amazing. (laughs) But when Wolverine, when Logan (laughs) finally stops and tells Hawkeye the story of the night of the attack 50 years ago and the reason why he never popped his claws out again, it was stunning. I, I borrowed these individual issues from a friend of mine. So I have being very gentle with him because he had like, you know, the second printing variant covers, you know, and the fancy boards. And also I was being very gentle with him. If they had been my issues, I would have thrown it on the floor when I got to that last (laughs) panel of that flashback because that was mind blowing that that was so amazing, that part. And see, that's what I love. And and that's what's going to make me respect this writer a lot more from now on. That's what I love when you can have something so completely original and and far too often when talking about comic books we fall on that same excuse of well it's all been done and that's why it's not original and things like that and as long as they can work with it somehow to make it fun whatever here's something that really when it got to that part i had no clue I, I, I could not have guessed this. It came as a complete shock. Not just that, but it was just unbelievably emotional. It was so well done. So again, whenever anybody's using that excuse of it's all been done and they're just doing what, the best with what they got, you know what? Check this out then. It can be done well. Use some creativity. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. So eventually Logan and Hawkeye make their way across the country. They end up in Washington. Things go awry. Logan ends up saving the day, finally fighting back, still not using his claws, mind you. And we get uh, we get treated to the Red Skull's trophy room. And I must have spent a good half hour just staring at the artwork from these pages, pointing out all the cool little trophies he had collected over the years. You know, he has Captain America's shield, obviously. He has Iron Man's armor. He has, you know, various weapons. And the funniest one, to me at least, was that he actually had Beast from the X-Men, his head mounted on. (laughs) Stuffed his head and mounted it. But anyway, eventually Logan ends up fighting back, you know, restoring, you know, some bit of order to things, taking his money and heading home because if he doesn't get home before the rent is due, bad things are going to happen. And well, bad things happen. (laughs) It's Wolverine. He's not allowed to be happy. He finally snaps once he gets home and sees what's there again. Not spoiling it. Go read it. No, uh, that that was foreshadowed quite a bit. You you kind of yeah. knew something yeah. was. Gonna you knew happen. something yeah. was going to go wrong. It wasn't going to yeah. have a happy ending, but I, no. I don't want to say exactly what happens. And one of Wolverine's or one of Logan's, yeah, I keep doing that. One of Logan's neighbors comes up to him and says, hey, hey, "Logan, don't do anything stupid. They're the Hulk gang. You know, we just kind of have to go along with our lives." And he delivers one of the coolest lines. Not coolest, but you know, something that really makes you cheer the line the name isn't logan bub it's wolverine followed by a splash page 
two whole pages that's nothing but black background with the word snicked written across it in red lettering. And that is one of the biggest hell yes moments in the history of comics for me. (laughs) Never before has the word snicked been so awesome (laughs) because he finally pops his claws. The thing is, too, is that the lead up to that is so well done. I mean, when he takes off, he takes the Iron Man (laughs) <laughs> armor and just <laughs> blast off and it's not just like a single panel kind of thing there's a nice lead up so you're like you're you've got time to root for him here and you got that that you know he's not going to make it on time but you're hoping you can do it just <laughs> there's there's a little juice left in that armor give her hell and so yeah you really you you really want him to to to, to, to get there in time. But again, the lead up is so fantastic that when it gets to that point and the point where you see him with the blood on his hands and the claws, yeah, that's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're, you're almost ready to cheer at that point. It's on, <laughs> which, which takes off into the special issue because, yeah, there was some publishing delays. It took almost a year for these seven issues to come out. So they decided, let's move along with Wolverine's story because, hey, this is still Wolverine's comic. We haven't actually told a modern day Wolverine story in this thing in over a year. So they moved along with the Wolverine storylines and saved the last chapter for the special giant size Wolverine old man Logan issue, which giant size the thing was like 50 pages. I think it's huge where now not no longer Logan because he almost called him Logan that time. But Wolverine goes on the offensive against the Hulk gang. And it's just 50 pages of pure mayhem of him tearing through dozens upon dozens of Hulks and eventually leading to the iconic battle of Wolverine versus Hulk. Now, the battle itself, I felt, was kind of weak, kind of a bit of a letdown after all the buildup. The way it ended was kind of goofy, but it was still good fun. And it led to a nice ending where we see, you know, Wolverine is going back to his old role as the Ronin, the wandering samurai, bringing justice to the land once again. And Mark Millar has said that he is working on a sequel to Old Man Logan picking up where he left off. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, yes. I, I it was the same thing. I, the ending was not enough of, I mean, it's, that's, that's what we've always seen is this Hulk versus Wolverine kind of thing. So I can see why they also did, again, they shoved the Hulk in there because it's that, that cookie for the fans. Um, but I mean, I, I recently read those issues of those those Hulk versus Wolverine issues. And I mean, you got an entire comic book there of of those fights. This was kind of it, not quite enough to it. And especially considering how, again, I don't want to spoil too much here, <laughs> how easily some of it is let's say resolve for lack of a better term. Yeah. So I was kind of disappointed in that regard, but by then you've had such an incredible journey that I didn't care. Again, I watched this. I, I, I see I'm saying watch because it was that cinematic experience here, but I was sitting down and I read the whole thing in one shot. And so it was like sitting down to watch a sm- a short movie, essentially. It was that gripping and that well done. So at the end, it was I was willing to give him a little bit of of leeway just because it had been such an amazing fun ride till then. 
Yeah. Um, this I loved the story so much. I actually and this is a rarity for me. I didn't wait for the paperback to come out. I actually own the hardcover edition of this. That's how much I loved this story. <laughs> so definitely go out. The paperback came out a couple weeks ago, 24 bucks, and that's the manufacturer price. You can usually get it at a store for, you know, 15 bucks online for eight awesome issues of Wolverine. But and I but Briefly, briefly mention this because it's a very touchy subject. When I went to reread this, and this is also uh, something I sent you, I found a version of this online hmm, gray area. We're not going to get into that whole discussion where a fan had taken the time to split this up panel by panel and retold the story. Not nothing changed, just retelling it panel by panel in a cinematic way. I mean. The opening credits alone made me feel like I was watching a movie oh, yeah. of Wolverine. It was very well done. And I give a lot of respect to somebody because that took a ton of time to pull that off as well as they did. Well, it's it's shown as a widescreen movie. And so as opposed to when you're reading uh, the normal comic books that are, again, picture the, the page of a normal comic book. Instead, because he took panel by panel and then you just scroll through them all one at a time. And like in some instances where the panels are, say, more square or rectangular uh, um, height wise kind of thing he puts several on the page that every time you go forward you get a new panel come up I mean there's one section where um, there's there's a panel with one of the, the Hulk cousins and then there's Wolverine with his eyes closed there's another panel with yeah. the Hulk thing the other Hulk or it might have been the same one but anyways and then instead of showing another panel like clearing the screen and showing another panel where Wolverine opens his eyes, he replaced the middle one so that now all the eyes open. Something as simple as that literally kind of caught my attention. It was like, oh, cool, because you don't get that enough when you're you're reading a comic book. This was amazing. It yeah, it's a gray area in terms of things, but I mean, you're. I'm hoping people are going to buy this anyways to support it. I'm going to actually put a link in uh, the show notes so that if people want to help support us at the same time, they can buy it from Amazon. But I'll make sure to put the link to the trade paperback. But yeah, this was just, it was amazing to just sit there. And again, I have my remote in my hand and just lean back in my chair and just keep flicking through and watching this story unfold. It, it made it so much more dramatic. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, gray area, don't want to get into it, but it, it's a cool way to experience something. And hopefully, and especially with this one, if you like it enough, you will buy it because th this is definitely one that you're going to want to have sitting on your bookshelf years to come, you know, sitting there and going, man, that was so great. Let's read it again. Well, not just that, but this is a good one um, also because of the art. I mean, oh, yeah. to have the book in front of you to see that art jumping off the pages is well worth the cost because the art in this was amazing. It made me think very much of Borderlands the game <laughs> at many points because you've got this post-apocalyptic feel, but also just the style of the art was very similar. Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, Mark Millar writer and Steve McNiven as the primary artist, which is the same creative team from the very successful Civil War event, which is another really cool one. Uh, it, it more huge action, 
fun story. Don't don't pay attention to the details. Just go along with it. Just lots of big action, lots of fun. Uh, when these two guys get together, you know it's going to be a good ride. But we're going to wrap it up there because we're running short on time. And we're going to touch on, as usual, today's new releases. We have, and Roger's going to laugh at me at this one, Darkwing Duck number four. Mm. I still absolutely love this miniseries. Walking Dead number 77, one of my favorites on the shelf. We get a double dose of Avengers with issue five of both the regular Avengers and the secret Avengers. We have another Shadowland tie-in with Moon Knight issue two. I really, really loved issue number one. And we have a couple interesting ones here, some 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 re new stories going on with old characters. We have Fantastic Four 583. I haven't read a Fantastic Four book in ever, <laughs> but this one has my interest because it has been drawing a lot of positive press. The storyline is titled simply three and Marvel has released tons of promo images, each with three members of the Fantastic Four instead Ooh. of four saying that one of them is not going to make it through this storyline. And I've been hearing a lot of really, really good, uh, good reviews of Jonathan Hickman's work on Fantastic Four over the years. So I think this is going to be a really great place for me to start reading Fantastic Four. Yeah, no kidding. And one that I left off the show notes because I didn't realize exactly which issue it was, but it's Thor 615. And this is where we're seeing Matt Fraction, the writer for Uncanny X-Men, eh, okay, as well as Invincible Iron Man, one of my favorites, taking over my absolute favorite character, Thor. Uh, he's got a great art team on this. Uh, you know, all the websites are freaking out over the advanced previews, which I don't read the advanced previews. I like to actually read the issues and not have, you know, a third of my purchase ruined. But I'm really, really really hoping that this is some awesome Thor because Fraction has said he wants to return Thor to his roots of the big, almost not quite mystical sci-fi elements. You know, we've been seeing a lot of really mythology focused storylines from Thor lately, and this one's taking him back to his uh, his Walt Simonson days, which is always good for me. So anyway, thank you very much for listening to issue eight of Bow Down to Us, the comics edition. Make sure to check us out at bowdowntous.com. Lots of great comic reviews, comic features, and we'll see you next week for issue nine. I think I'm, you've e-infected me. I'm coming down with something. <laughs> The old man Wolverine is great to watch, but in terms of actually <laughs> scrolling through everything, it's only seven hundred pages. Is it really that many? How many is it? Hold yeah, it is seven hundred and twenty-seven. That was really cool. Like I'd never seen anything like that before. I, I looked for some others, but it was like nothing I was interested in. I had been reading Wolverine <laughs> for the longest time, and my friend was like, "I have all of these issues." I'm going to give them to you. Don't wrinkle a freaking page. <laughs> but you have to read this. And I knocked out those first seven issues in one sitting. And like I my mind was blown, literally. That, that was one of the best stories I'd read in a long time or since. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you haven't read that one yet? No, I haven't. Oh, so you still don't know who Hush is? Uh, no. So, sh no, nope, not saying anything. Okay.